Today we continue talking about the uh, awakening the warrior within. This morning as we prayed, we, we engaged the enemy at the place of prayer. I believe today is going to help you engage the enemy and become victorious. I told you a couple of Sundays ago about getting attacked by wasps. Anybody ever been attacked by wasps? They engaged me on their turf. I was not prepared. But I came back. I walked over to my garage. I came back with the wasp spray with the proper, uh, uh, you know, weapons. And I defeated my enemy. And, uh, hey, I, I got I got wounded a little in the process, but I was victorious. How many of you know in life, sometimes the spiritual warfare, we get wounded, we get knocked down, we may get knocked out. But according to the word of God, my Bible tells me that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And we have the victor living on the inside of us. Somebody say amen. And so the prophetic insight in our keynote verse is Joel 3, 9 and 10, uh, end times verse that says, Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. In other words, it's not business as usual. It's spiritual warfare. And he said, let the weak say, I am strong. Everyone say, I am strong. Look at your neighbor and say, you are strong. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord. I said, be strong in the Lord. Are y'all bored this morning? I hope not because I'm pretty fired up about today's message. Look at somebody and smile and just say, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm telling you, we have the strength of God. In fact, today we're going to learn how how to tap into God's strength over our life in the face of adversity. And listen, we live in a world of adversity. Here's some things I've been saying for the last few weeks. Last day's message, the responsibility of the church is to partner with God's last day's prophetic purposes and go to war against the spiritual forces of wickedness for the sake of the family of faith and her future harvest. We have a responsibility to be soldiers in the army of God. We are not to sit on the sidelines. We are not to, you know, I'll never forget. Uh, most of you know Robert and Roberta Mills. They moved, but Robert joined up for the special training uh, for to fly helicopter. His dream was to fly helicopter. We were not in the middle of any kind of conflict, and he was setting... Uh, uh, signing the papers to be inducted into, I guess, the, the, what form of military? I can't remember. The army. Thank you. And it was the morning of September 11th. And as he was signing the papers, they had an evac order of all, uh, you know, government buildings and the, and the person sitting there said, uh, Mr. Mills, if we leave right now, you will not be in the army. I'll stay if you want to stay. And he said, I'll stay. Little did he know he'd find himself in the middle of the conflict. Uh, and how many of you know we're brought to the kingdom for such a time as this? Most of us don't realize that there's spiritual war going on. And we've got to engage the enemy. A little warning. If we refuse, 
You know, some people refuse. If we refuse to involve ourselves in the exercise of spiritual warfare, our defeat is certain. Let's throw that up there, Michelle. Our defeat is certain. Our future is forfeited. And the harvest of God is sorely limited. So we cannot refuse to involve ourselves. Some people, well, it's just not my calling. Oh, yes, it is. We all have enemy. We all have to step up to the plate and engage the enemy with the proper weaponry. I have a memory verse for you this morning. Put on your memory caps. If you got your memory cap on, say amen. Here it is. Here's our memory verse this morning. 2 Corinthians 10.4. Here here's what it says. Let's say it out loud. And, and, and when I say out loud, lift up your voice. Here we go. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 10.4. Read it again. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This morning... I'm going to give you some weaponry. How many of you know God's not, uh, uh, he doesn't just have one thing. He's got a lot of different weapons in his arsenal that we're going to begin to look at. We know one of them is the word of God, and we'll talk about that. Uh, (coughs) Pardon me. But today, we're going to talk about the weaponry of worship. A worship, the warrior's worship. I'm, I'm telling you, in fact, as, as we get into this, I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles 16 uh, through 2 Chronicles 20. We're going to get a broad stroke of Jehoshaphat. Everyone say Jehoshaphat. And because, hey, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And I, I, I implore you, I encourage you to at least read through Second Chronicles 16 and get that backstory of Jehoshaphat. I'm going to do it quickly. Jehoshaphat's dad was Asa. Asa was the king of Judah. Long story short, uh, he made, uh, he, he teamed up with the wrong folks. Uh, God, he, 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 he got cross-haired in, in, in God's eyes, uh, with God. And so, uh, he, he, he kind of exists himself from leadership and Jehoshaphat took his place, his son. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, and it's in chapter 17, we're going to look at it. He, he walked in the ways of his father David, not in the ways of his father Asa. Uh, and so uh, we're going to look at that. And then as he began to walk in the ways of God, he made reformations. In fact, uh, gosh, he, he, uh, uh, he straightened out government and he had spiritual governance and guidance. And in chapter 20, a, a plethora, I'll say, of the enemy rallied against him and against the people of Judah and surrounded them. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible says he feared, but his fear did not lead him into faithlessness. His fear led him to the place of prayer. He rallied all the people of Judah. They came together and they prayed a prayer of faith. Everyone say a prayer of faith. And I want you to read it. Now, we'll look at some parts of it, but I want you to read it uh, later. Please do this. Look at your neighbor and say, don't forget this. Uh, please read through this story. There's so much here that I may miss, and I want you to get the context. I, I, I threatened in my heart to read the whole thing, but I thought, surely my church family will, will, when I urge them and compel them and beseech them to read through this story uh, and through this uh, 
this account of Jehoshaphat, things will rise up and you'll catch things that I did not say. So they began to pray. They, they fell on their faces. <clears throat> they were prayer warriors. They were prayer warriors. And you'll note, and when you read through it, they prayed a prayer of faith. Jehoshaphat, <clears throat> pardon me, led them in a prayer of faith. And, the, and I love this statement. They said, we do, here's what Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And as they stirred up the atmosphere of faith with the enemy all around them, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a prophet. I think his name is Jehaziel. And he began to prophesy. And he said, this is not your battle. This is the Lord's battle. And he said, uh, in fact, let me just show you. I'm going to read through this for sure. I just want you to see this. Look in chapter 18. It says this uh, about uh, the prophetic, oh, pardon me, uh, chapter 20. Uh, it says this, listen, verse 15, this is what the prophet said. Listen, all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God. Somebody say amen. Tomorrow, go. this is the prophet speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit of the Lord. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Somebody say amen. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear, be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Somebody say, the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, everyone say, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Everyone say, loud and high. All right, so they arose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Teko, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, and he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of holiness, and they went out before the army, saying, Praise the Lord. I would say, Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever, forever. Everyone say, praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Now, catch this. The entire army, the people, they, they went out against the enemy with praise and worship as the weapon. And it says, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people. And basically what happened, all these armies that, that came against Israel, they began to be confounded and they ended up killing each other. And no one escaped. And the children of Judah, the people of Judah spent three days picking up all the, 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 the jewels and the warfare and the, the blessings and the benefit. In fact, the place where the battle was is called the Valley of Barakah. That is called the Valley of Blessing. It took them three days to pick up all the blessings left by the enemy that had been defeated. It, they didn't fight the battle other than the fact that they worshiped the Lord. And so God brought about a great victory. And everybody said, amen. 
So that's the story. And please don't be satisfied with P. Sam's Cliff Notes. There's much more there. Look at your neighbor, and I'm going to make you pro- look at somebody and raise your right hand. Come on now, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to set the hook. Raise your right hand. I promise to read through this story. I will I will not forget. Amen. <laughs> Online, I pro- come on. You can do it too. Read through the story. It's it's intriguing. It's exciting. It's amazing. And it, this this victory was had. Because primarily of the leadership of Jehoshaphat. Now, I'm titling this the heart of worship because we're going to look at Jehoshaphat's heart. Uh, In fact, here's a little insight about about the whole story. When you go back and you read what the prophet said for them to do, he did not say, go out and get the worship leaders and y'all just worship. There was nothing in the prophecy about worship, but we see that it was a response that they had. We'll talk more about that. But it reminded me of this song uh, that was written by, hmm, is it Michael W. Smith? I'm not sure. The Heart of Worship. You remember this? When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth, worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song. How many of you know worship's more than a song service? I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have desired. You you search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. Worship is something that comes forth from our heart. And then the chorus, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And then he says, king of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'm coming back to the heart of of worship and God is looking into our hearts and this morning I want to look into Jehoshaphat's heart if we anybody ever had an EKG I've had a couple of EKGs you had one come on if you had an EKG uh, I had one the other day it took about five minutes it was painless there's nothing just you know the worst thing was they shaved a little hair off my chest and and uh it's a little embarrassing because it's a lady but it's not a big deal you know I'm just sitting there and but but the one I had before this has nothing to do but other than humor their machine wasn't working. The first little lady got nervous. She called in another lady, and they're whispering at each other, and then that didn't work. And another, and there's four ladies, you know, uh, hovering over the pastor whose bare chest was, I'm getting a little, you know, intimidated. Finally, I said, I know what y'all are doing. And they said, what? I said, y'all just all wanted to come see my hairy chest, right? <laughs> and they went, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, wire you up to test your heart and make sure your heart's working well. And, and, and I've had a couple, and fortunately, uh, all is well. My wife is going to have a stress test on Tuesday uh, just to make sure her, her heart's working well. She's a little nervous about it. Uh, she said, I need to exercise, so I'll pass my stress test. I said, I don't think that's the way it works. Uh, you, you can't get in shape for a stress test. It's going to tell you one way or the other. So y'all be praying for her that her stress test comes back. Let's look at Jehoshaphat. And let's check his heart. You want to check his heart. 
Okay, let's do it. Let's go back. Uh, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready, Pastor. Go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Now, when, when, uh, when God was speaking to Asa, his dad, and he was getting on to him and rebuking him and, and, and saying, hey, you're, you're, it's over for you, he says this, verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord... Run to and fro. Now, I'd underline this if I were you. This is a part of what maybe when you read through this, you go, OMG, I need to think about this a little bit. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. I'm going to say that again. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I think this applies to us today. Do you think God's eyes have stopped roaming throughout the whole earth to see those whose hearts he wants to show himself strong? See, we're talking about spiritual warfare. And and the story that I read to you about Jehoshaphat, God showed up and showed himself strong. How many of you like God to show up in the middle of your battles and show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart... See, worship is an issue of the heart. He wants to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Little side note. Loyalty is a, is a, is a sparse commodity in the world today. In the church, it's a sparse commodity. In government, it's a sparse, you know, it's hard to find people who have a sense of loyalty. And I was thinking about this today. It's just a little side note. What sparks and spurs loyalty? Uh, trust and confidence. When you're loyal to someone, it's because you trust and have confidence in them. And we see that Joshua, pardon me, Jehoshaphat's heart, he trusted God. His heart was loyal towards God. He trusted the promise and the provision and the power and the presence of God in his life. And so down in in chapter 17, here we go with Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his father's uh, uh, Asa's place, strengthened himself against Israel, and he placed troops and, and and then it goes on down now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat verse 3 because he catch this he walked in the ways what of his father David he did not seek the Baals he uh, that is false gods he he sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments not according to the acts of Israel therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor and abundance catch this and his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord we'll look at that in a little bit moreover he removed the high places and the wooden images of Baal just an interesting insight. If you go over to chapter 19, he's, he's setting judges and governors in place. And he says this about in verse 9. And he commanded them saying, Thus you shall act in the fear of the Lord faithfully with a loyal heart. Everyone say a loyal heart. So, so Jehoshaphat undoubtedly had a loyal heart. In fact, the definition means complete, loyal, full, 
whole. That's what God found. He was searching to and fro, and lo and behold, it was Asa's son, Jehoshaphat, who had somehow, some way, uh, um, bypassed some of the negative influences of his father, and he got a hold of the influences of David, who, by the way, the Bible says about his father David, he was a man after God's own heart. It didn't make him perfect. It made him pliable and, 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 and willing to, to follow in the ways of God. So here's Jehoshaphat. The EKG is coming back good. Man, he's clicking on all wires and, and cylinders, if you will. So let me look at his heart. Let me show you what it means to have a loyal heart. Number one, Jehoshaphat's loyal heart in Josh, in Second Chronicle, Second Chronicles 17. Number one, he had a single heart. Look in verse three. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked, catch this, in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek after the Baals. His heart was singly focused on God. He didn't have any false gods. He had one God. He was following the commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Ding, 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 ding. His heart was, 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 was single towards God. In, in our culture today, our hearts are so divided. Our hearts are so conflicted. And our hearts are so torn with so many different things and, and thoughts and desires and ways. But Jehoshaphat, in his loyalty to God, was singly focused on God Almighty. EKG's coming back good. Number two, when we look at his heart, he had a seeking heart. He sought after God. Look in verse four, what it says. It says, but he sought the God of his father and walked in his command. He was a God seeker. In fact, slip over. Let me show you this. Go over to chapter 20. Look what it says over in chapter 20, verse three. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea or Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. I'm telling you, this is a heart that's loyal towards God. When you trust God, listen, you know why people's prayer life is not firing on all eight cylinders? Because they really don't believe God. If you struggle to pray, it's because you got a faith issue. And if you have a faith issue, you have a loyal issue, which means you don't trust God in certain things for your life. And you think maybe you and I or maybe have a better idea. Listen, Jehoshaphat was hitting on all eight. He had a confidence factor and he sought the God of his father David. He was a God seeker. And in the middle of his trouble, he didn't, uh, though he feared, he set himself to seek the Lord. Wowzers. He had a single heart. He had a seeking heart. He sought uh, the God. He, he set himself to seek the Lord. You see, most of us have never set ourselves to seek God. We just in a jam, in a trouble. Yes, they were in a jam. But, but you know what? This is indicative of our nature. Listen, if you'll seek him when everything's going great, it'll be really good for you when things aren't going so good. He was a seeker. He was a God seeker. He, he had a single heart towards God and he sought God. And number three, he had a submitted heart. It says in verse four that not only did he seek the God of his father, but he walked in his commandments. 
And not according to the acts of Israel. He walked under the commandment of God. He wanted to obey God. He was submitted to the governance of God in his life. I'm talking about a loyal heart. That God is looking for so he can show himself strong. Everybody wants God to show up. Oh, God, you got to show up in the minute. Listen, there's some conditions that are necessary for God to show up and show himself strong and victorious where you look at the battle you face and God says, don't worry about it, I got this. you got to have a right heart. It's a loyal heart, a single heart, a seeking heart, a submitted heart, and number four, a sanctified heart. Because look what it says in verse 6. He removed the high places and the wooden images. In other words, he tore down the strongholds of religiosity and, 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 and false gods. And he tore it down. It says it, it, it's a picture of what was going on in his heart. Pulling down these strongholds of, of false gods and worship. He had a sanctified heart. And number 5, I love this one. He had a soaring heart. Whew, now, this is fun. Look, look at this verse, verse 6. It says this. What did he say? And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Everyone say, his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Oh, this is big because that took delight means his heart soared in the ways of God. Man, the ways of God caused him to soar. His heart just said yes and amen. And he soared at the place of worship and praise in his life. And he just soared. And and when you see this prayer life, man, you see this heart. You read through this prayer that he prayed with all the people. And he said, hey, we don't know what to do. You know, he was the king. But you know what he was doing? He was bowing before the Lord, submitted to God, and worshiping and trusting God in the front of in behalf and in front of the people and his heart soared and it became contagious and the people began to catch it and they began to worship the Lord in fact uh, gosh as you read through you'll find the people just ex- when they heard him worshiping Look in verse 18 of chapter 20 again. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And then verse 19, it says this. They stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. They had a worshiping, soaring heart. It was the definition of, of, of worship. It's much more than a song. Somebody say it's much more than a song. Oh, my goodness. Michael W. Smith had it right. It's much more than a song. He, he said, God is looking into my heart. What is Though the ways may appear. You're looking in to my heart. And God, you know this morning... God's looking in our heart. In fact, the Bible says when he, when he picked David, God doesn't look at the outer appearance. God looks at the heart. And so Jehoshaphat's EKG came back great. And his, and his heart before God was contagious. And it invoked the presence and power of God to go to work on the people of Judah's behalf. 
interesting insight about the worship. They worshiped before the battle. Everyone say before the battle. Before, they, they just had to choose to trust God. You know, before the battle, most of us are prayer worrying. We're looking at our enemies. We're kind of, if you go back to last week, like the children of Israel against Goliath. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? But not Jehoshaphat, not these people. They worship before the battle. Look in verse 18 and 19 again. I just read it. They worship, but their voices were loud and high. And number two, they worshiped at the beginning of the battle. And when they had consulted, they went out. Hey, by the way, they had gone out. And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures. I don't know if that hand signals. I don't know. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures. I don't know. Whatever. I could just see them. Thousands of them. They're, they're stirring up. Come on now. I'm telling you, they were stirring up the spirit of God that had come upon them because of the prophetic insight. They were walking into the warfare with a, with a loyal heart before the battle and then at the beginning of the battle. And when that happened, God showed up. I said God showed up. Not just because they sang the song. Not just because they had the hand motions down pat or the musicians hit all the right notes. It had nothing to do with the words they were saying. It had to do with their hearts. Loyal towards God. And the people worshiped before the battle, at the beginning of the battle. And OMG, they didn't forget him after the battle. A lot of people, once the victory is won, they go off counting the spoils. And they forget what happened, but not these people, not this day. Look at it, look what it says in verse 26, 25 and 26. And when Jehoshaphat and the people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables of the dead bodies and the precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. They looked like Mr. T times 10. Most of you may not know who Mr. T, Lord, do you know who Mr. T is? Pity the fool. <laughs> You know, Mr. T's all decked out. They they had it. They, it was, they, they had bling. Is that an old phrase or a new phrase? They were blinged out. Okay, you catch the... Can you see this miracle? God confounded the enemies. He sent ambushments and they just killed one another. Not one person left. I wonder who killed the last one. Himself, I guess. My imagination runs wild. Maybe it was a maybe it was a double homicide. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you would. I pardon me. I'm getting distracted. But look here, what it says. It says they they filled their their pockets. They fill. I can just see wheel, their wheelbarrow. I don't know if they had wheelbarrows back. Man, loaded up three days more than they could carry, and they went three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, now catch this. We're talking about worship. We're talking about the right heart. On the fourth day, as they assembled in the valley of Barakah, everyone say Barakah. 
It's the valley of blessing. We may study that a little later. There's different valleys that you can study in Scripture that, ooh, we all go through the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Here's a valley. It's the valley of Barakah. For there they blessed the Lord. They blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the place was called the Valley of Barakah until this day. And they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemy. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest all around. Somebody say amen. The people worshiped. Not just sang the song and went through the motions. Some of us, let me just say, you may this morning... You may have just gone through the motions. Like I read on Facebook, sometimes you see things humorous. Somebody said, someone said today in church, man, I didn't, uh, I can't remember exactly. I didn't, I, I didn't get anything out of worship today. And then the comment back was, well, we weren't worshiping you. It's not about us. Oh, I'm going to get on a rabbit here in a second. Because, listen, I'm stopping. I'm, pa- I'm just pausing for a second. I, I'm feeling the anointments. Listen, the culture of America today, church folk today, go to church and they worship the worship. We had worship today. Woo! And they forgot what Michael W. Smith said. It's not about you. It's not about how great people sound. It's about the heart. And our culture in America today, we, 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 we have lost the understanding in many ways, and maybe we need to resurrect some of these thoughts Michael had a few years back when he wrote the song. But listen carefully today. It's the weapon of our warfare is a loyal heart. And when we have a loyal heart, it, the, the natural outcropping, listen, loyalty uh, to God when we trust him and rely upon him and we believe in him. In fact, what did Jehoshaphat tell the people? You just believe the Lord and his prophets and you'll pray. Prosper. It's a trust, a confidence, a loyalty to God. There's some response. There, there's some results. Let me show you the results of a soaring heart at the place of worship. And this is what you, the, the first one here, I could, I could, we could do a whole other message on this. There is a response. God will always respond to a loyal heart. What did he say back in 16? He said, God's looking, he's looking, you want to know what God's looking for? Somebody say, what's God looking for? 
God's looking. His eyes are going throughout the whole earth not to see somebody who's got a lot of money who can come in and, and under, undergird the ministry. God's not, because he, he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God is not looking for someone who can serve in the nursery even though that's great. God is looking somebody that has a right heart. And when he finds a loyal right heart, guess what? He'll show himself strong in your behalf. That's where he shows up. He will always respond to you and I and his people when we get the right heart and we get the right heart, the natural outcropping is I'm just worshiping. I can't help it. Man, he's God. He's good. He's going to take care of me. This is not my battle. It's his battle. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. He will always respond. And in their case, as they began to pray the prayer of faith, and when you read through that prayer, it had, it had through it, the prayer of faith is a worshiping heart. You need to understand that. It's a believing heart. It's a worshiping heart. It stirred up the prophetic. God began to respond to them with specific, catch this, specific insight. This is not your battle. It's the Lord. With specific direction, go out and get against them. And by, again, the prophet never said, and bring the instruments, because y'all going to have to have sing some songs before I show up. You don't have to sing songs. You have to have a right heart that will spark you to sing songs. We get it backwards. We think we can beat our tambourine long enough till God shows up. No, it's not beat your tambourine and shout loud so God will show up. You don't have to shout for God to show up, but you do have to get your heart right. And he'll show, he will respond to you. Listen to me. If you want, if you need God to do something, the best way to do it is get our hearts right and develop a loyal heart and just begin to worship him and he will show himself strong in our behalf. Somebody get your hanky out, for goodness sake. There's always a response. When we get our hearts right and we begin to worship. And then number two, catch this. I love this. There's a reward. When you, when, when you get your heart right and you begin to obey God and you begin to find victory, there's a reward. These people had three days picking it up. They couldn't believe it. I, I'd be amazed. I, I would just, come on. How many of you, I just put myself in just their, their, their shoes. They're, they're like Gomer Powell. Shazam. Wow. We just went out and just let our hearts soar. Let me just stop and say, we're going to talk about prayer. And this morning we prayed some violent prayers. I, I can't remember who's one of our key historic leaders in the past. I wish I could remember. My brain doesn't work. He said this. I, oh, Gordon Lindsay. Bink, it hit me. Gordon Lindsay, the founder of Christ for the Nations, he said, all of us need to pray at least one violent prayer a day. I think that's right. But listen. It's not just about how you grit your teeth and bind and loose. It's about how your sore get, your heart begins to soar and worship and praise. And they, they were rewarded three days. You see, how many of you know God's not just enough? He's more than enough. Are you with me? Say amen. So the results of their soaring heart, their loyal heart towards God, their worshiping heart, 
There was a response from God, and oh, what a response they had. And then there was a reward. They called it the place of blessing. Oh, the valley of blessing. There they blessed the Lord, and it became so profound. We're calling this place where God showed up, the valley of blessing. This is where God's blessings came upon us today. This is where God rewarded us because of our right-heartedness towards him. And then understand this, not only is there a response and a reward, there's a newfound respect. Chapter 20, verse 29 says this, And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. It's time, listen. I'm going to say this carefully. It breaks my heart to keep reading Story after story of leaders and ministries who forget to have a single heart and they start serving other gods and they come tumbling down. I look forward to the day when the world looks at the church with fear and trembling and we are not the laughing stock of the day I believe it happens when we get a right heart and a loyal heart towards him there's great respect and then number four I love this here's the response you know how many of you know how many of you appreciate the day of rest today is the day of rest most of us don't rest on the day of rest but listen the reward from God there was a rest verse 30 and God I love this The realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. I love that. Listen, today's battle may not just be for today. It may be for the rest of your life. Think about it. And so today, as we close, the warrior's worship, it all birthed from a heart. A right heart towards God. As Jehoshaphat, single heart, a seeking heart, a submitted heart, a sanctified heart, and a soaring heart. Let's stand up together and let's ask God to help us get our hearts right for him, before him. Father, today, as we find ourselves in the middle of the warfare, may we not forget to strap ourselves in to your EKG to check our hearts. And Lord, as Jehoshaphat yielded himself to the governance of his God, may we, Lord, may we, Lord, also be found by you as you're searching to and fro to find us today with a loyal heart. A heart that is set on seeking God. A heart that is submitted to the governance of God. A heart that is single focus and not not uh, weighted down with other gods and other things. A sanctified heart. Cleanse us, O God. And a soaring heart that takes delight and soars in the things of God. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. As we close today, we now have the opportunity. The word of the Lord has been given. I just came to tell you what I believe God told me. We can take it and apply it in our life and our hearts can become loyal towards him. I'm going to lay my hands on my heart, not just one. I'm going to lay my hands on my, this is my physical heart. It's a symbol of my spiritual heart. If you would like to join me, you can. Lord, may you find me with a loyal heart. In the morning when I rise, and when I lay my head to rest, may you see me as you're looking into my heart. May you see a loyal heart. And I thank you, Lord, for showing yourself strong in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Whew, I feel better today. How about you? Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being here.